Hello and welcome to the Montessori Coach. My name is Sarah Adams and I help families bring the Montessori philosophy into their homes simply and on budget. Nothing fancy required. Today I'm going to talk about a topic that comes up all the time, Montessori toys. What does that term even mean? Are there specific toys you need to have? Where do you find them? Do they have to be expensive? What's the deal with the colorful rainbow? These are questions I hear constantly. Well, I have good news for you. There are no Montessori toys that were designed by Dr. Montessori. There actually are no Montessori toys. She developed materials for the classroom, not toys for the home, <clears throat> which is great because you can use what you have. You don't have to have anything specific and you can stay within your budget. What you can do is use the Montessori philosophy to help you decide what toys and activities might be the best in your home and how to store and display them for your child. The other thing you should know is that the term Montessori isn't copyrighted. Anyone can say their toy is a Montessori toy. Sometimes that helps us to know if a toy is perhaps Montessori aligned. However, sometimes companies just think because a toy is educational, because it has numbers or letters on it, or it's wooden, they should label it Montessori because it will sell. Toys at home can be plastic, wooden, expensive, secondhand, inexpensive, and all be Montessori aligned. So what does Montessori aligned mean? Inspired by the Montessori philosophy, these activities are developmentally appropriate, probably open-ended and not overly stimulating. They should engage your child in a way that they can concentrate and use them independently. For younger children, the toys would be as realistic as possible. So for example, choosing a plastic truck without a smiley face over choosing a truck with a smiley face. This is just because it is similar to a more real life object. You can talk to your child about the parts of the vehicle and when children are young, they're absorbing information about their world and it's better if we can provide them with toys and books that give them the correct information rather than confusing them. Do I think your child would be damaged if you got a truck with a smiley face or a purple cow toy? No, definitely not. However, these are just things to think about when purchasing new toys or decluttering what you have. Another thing we can use from the Montessori philosophy is not overwhelming children with toys that are overstimulating. Using toys that aren't battery operated helps with this. Magna Gerber, who is the founder of the Rye Method, said that passive toys make active babies. So if the toy is playing for the child, your child becomes passive and we don't want that. Toys should be able to be used independently by your child. As a baby, that might be like a soft cloth or a rattle. For older children, that means that they can access the toys from the shelf or bin and use it by themselves. If the toys or activity are too frustrating for them, it won't be a great experience for anyone. Also, if they have moved past that toy, they won't stay as engaged as long as they could or should. So, what types of toys are good to have? That really depends on your child. I do like to offer some categories to consider having. The first category is building materials. So these are blocks, Lego, magnet tiles. These all depend on your child's age for size and safety. We're still using the same wooden blocks that Layla, my child, had as a baby and toddler. We just have more out at a time now and they're combined with different toys to kind of broaden her play experience. The second category is toys that will be used for imaginary play. So cars, animals, dolls, costumes, dinosaurs, you get the idea. 
even better is if they could be combined with the building materials to extend those play opportunities. So anytime you add to your collection, always ask yourself, what does your child already have? And then is this going to help kind of enhance that? Or is it going to be one more thing um, that they might play with kind of by itself? Another category is puzzles and other activities that might have a predetermined finished product. So even though these aren't open-ended per se, your child does have some ownership over how they will be put together. Like, do they want to do the border of the puzzle first? Do they want to separate it out? Um, and there can be something really satisfying about completing a puzzle or completing like a problem. Um, and so these are still good things to have out. Books. I always recommend having a few books out for your child to read or look at independently. If you have a baby or toddler, then these should be board books, but always have you know, one to 10 books out at a time. If your child's a little older, they could be in a basket. Um, but these are activities that your child can do independently. And then musical instruments are also great to have available. Um, you can just have a small basket of ones that, you know, don't drive you crazy. But I do recommend having instruments that your child can control versus a battery operated instrument. And then I always recommend starting with a few activities in each of those categories and observe how your child is engaging with them. And then you can add or take away um, depending on your child. So again, those uh, categories were building materials, imaginary play, puzzles, books, and musical instruments. So I hope that makes sense and kind of takes some pressure off of you. There's nothing specific that you need to have, no specific brand or toy. Um, just making sure that they are safe for your child, that they are developmentally appropriate, engaging. Um, and then next time I will talk about how to kind of display those toys so that your child gets the best use out of them. So thanks for listening. Until next time, talk to you later. Bye.